0: Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Robin Steele, Senior Pastor here at Promised Land, and we are so thankful. And it's an honor for you to be with us today. Uh, Erica and I are not with you in person because we had a situation come up and we've had to go out of town. So I appreciate you trusting us in that area. And uh, you're gonna hear from me today on video, but you're also gonna hear from other people in our church and some of our overseers. We're in the middle of this series called On This Rock. We're studying Jesus's words about uh, when Peter says that Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus responds with, you're Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, or the powers of hell will not prevail against it. So we've been looking at what is is the rock? What is the church? What does that mean? And um, if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back on our archive on YouTube and and check it out. We've been talking a lot about this new property next door, the 7.22 acres that we purchased. And um, we've been talking about it a lot, and we showed, showed you a picture but I wanna actually show you a video of it. So I'm actually standing on the property right now and I wanna show you this aerial view of it. It's just incredible. Uh, As you can see, there's some beautiful trees here. We're gonna use this property mainly for a new entrance and exit to our property. And we're gonna be adding parking here, but there'll also be a lot of green space or beige space. that's what it is right now because we need some rain but we're praying for rain it will be green one day space for kids to hang out and play Um, a ball field you can see that there's a significant flat area for for recreation Uh, but this will be a great spot for us to travel uh, in and out easily on the property and park more cars as well we're spending a lot of time in prayer and discussions and exploring what promised land is gonna look like over the next three to five years and we're calling this campaign on this rock and we have some overseers in our church that pray for us that mentor me they give us guidance and direction and I want you to hear from them
2: hi I'm Randy Phillips senior pastor of life family churches and I get to be an overseer at promised land San Marcos and to you Pastor Robin, Erica, the leadership, and to the congregants of San Marcos Promised Land, I am so proud of you. Uh, since the pandemic, uh, the trending has not been good for churches. Pastors are resigning at record numbers. I mean, it's free fall. Attendance is, is just a third of what it used to be nationally, and churches are even closing. There's that story, and then there's the story of Promised Land, San Marcos. <laughs> and you are killing it. I mean, you're out of parking spaces. The kids are bursting at the seams. Students are growing. People are being baptized and saved in the name of Jesus. I just love it. I couldn't be more proud of you. And I'm proud to celebrate and endorse this campaign on this rock." You're literally built on a rock, a uh, limestone, and you're spiritually built on a rock, Jesus Christ. And He said, the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. If you build it, they will come to you. And when they come to you, they will find healing and salvation. Can you dream this dream? Of course you can. I want you to pray PRAY AND ASK GOD TO LAY ON YOUR HEART WHAT YOU CAN DO TO INVEST IN PROVIDING SPACE FOR THE LOST PEOPLE IN YOUR COMMUNITY. YOU COULD BE THE KEY IN PROVIDING TRANSFORMATION THAT CHANGES A DESTINY AND A LEGACY FOR JESUS CHRIST.
3: I LOVE YOU. HELLO, PROMISED LAND CHURCH IN SAN Marcos. FOR THOSE OF YOU THAT DON'T KNOW ME, I AM PASTOR DAN DEAN FROM DALLAS, TEXAS, AND I SERVE AS AN OVERSEER TO YOUR CHURCH TO BE AN ENCOURAGEMENT TO PASTOR ROBIN AND ERICA AND TO SERVE THE BOARD AS THEY SEE FIT. I AM SO EXCITED TO HEAR ABOUT THE GROWTH THAT YOUR CHURCH HAS EXPERIENCED OVER THE PAST COUPLE OF YEARS. IT'S BEEN UNBELIEVABLE. YOU'RE OUT OF PARKING. YOU'RE OUT OF SPACE. YOU NEED MORE ROOM. Thank God you've managed to get the seven acres next door to you and pay cash for it. I'm so excited about that. You know what? The challenge remains. You need to go into phase two and to phase three, and you've got capable leaders to lead you there. And I want to challenge you as a church to step up and support the vision of this incredible leadership of your church. I want to give my stamp of approval TO WHERE GOD IS TAKING YOU. IT IS SO EXCITING. SO I ENCOURAGE YOU. uh, COMMITMENT SUNDAY IS COMING UP, 10-15, AND uh, FIRST FRUIT SUNDAY ON 10-22. AND I WANT TO TELL YOU THAT I BELIEVE PROMISED LAND CHURCH IS GOING TO ROCK WHEN IT COMES TO THESE PARTICULAR SUNDAYS. AND YOU'RE GOING TO FIND THAT GOD IS GOING TO BLESS YOU IN AN INCREDIBLE WAY uh, TO SEE THE VISION THAT IS SET FORTH COME TO PASS. UPON THIS ROCK, JESUS SAYS, I'LL BUILD MY CHURCH, AND I'VE NEVER IN MY LIFE BELIEVED MORE STRONGLY THAT THE CHURCH IS THE HOPE OF THE WORLD. SO I ENCOURAGE YOU, uh, PLEDGE, BRING YOUR GIFTS, AND LET'S SEE WHAT GOD DOES WITH Promised Land CHURCH IN SAN MARCUS.
1: I WANT TO READ TO YOU MATTHEW 16, 18. IT SAYS, THIS IS THE WORDS OF JESUS, Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's some heavy language, right? But sitting in 2023, what what does that mean? What does the rock mean? Well, I believe it is Peter, who's a human being, putting his faith in the gospel of Jesus, in the person of who Jesus is, the Messiah of the world. It's that combination that creates a bedrock for God to do something amazing with. It's not just a human, Peter. It's not just the gospel, but it's the combination of both of those. And what we're catching the vision here is what about us? What about when we put our faith in Jesus? And it's creating a space, a bedrock for God to do something great with. But what does the word church mean? When he says, I'm building my church, what does that mean? You know, like we we, we assume that the word church just means a building, right? Or maybe an organization. But what he is saying, the word originally used there is ecclesia. And that means people coming out of their homes to a public space. And that's a very unique word, right? People coming out of their homes into a public space. What Jesus is saying is I am building my ecclesia. People are gonna come out of not just their physical homes, but they're coming out of their selfishness. And they're coming out of their self-centeredness into my kingdom. And and so he's saying this is a special group of people that are uniting together under the name of Jesus. And they're on that rock. And Jesus is building that group of people. He's building his ecclesia. And uh, you're sitting in it right now. You're sitting in the ecclesia of San Marcos, the church of God. We call it promised land. So... You know, what's the difference in Jesus' church or ecclesia and other groups of people? Well, the key difference is transformation. It's life transformation. And we are seeing that right here in this ecclesia. And I want you to hear some of their stories.
0: Uh, my name's Casey Hugman and I was born and raised in San Marcos. I'm a native San Martian. That's what I like to call myself. When I was younger, I was like on fire for God. I was all about God. Um, I would talk to him a lot. Wanted to get baptized. So I came to my pastor at church and told him I wanted to be baptized. And I couldn't say baptized, I said baptized, baptized. And everyone thought I was too young. And he told me that I needed to be able to say it before I could do it. So I practiced, practiced really hard. And then I went back and I said it. I said, I want to be baptized. And so I was allowed to be baptized. And I gave God, you know, I gave myself over to God. I allowed him to be in my life and and we were really inseparable. When I was five, my parents told me they were getting a divorce, and we kind of knew more than we should have known about all of the things going on behind the scenes. And we left the church. I thought it was because they were unsupportive. They did not um, approve. We were like the first family in the church to have a divorce. And so I started to get a really low opinion of Christians. I saw a lot of hypocrisy. Mom got remarried. Dad got remarried. Mom got pregnant. And I thought something good, you know, finally came out of this divorce. And then mom lost that baby. And I was so angry. And I remember yelling at God and I told him, I hate you. And I made a choice in that moment. I think I was seven. And I turned my back on God. I didn't want to have anything left to do with him. I started to allow outside influences sort of to be the determining factor of what I believed about myself. Um, and since God was no longer allowed, I didn't allow him in there anymore. Um, he also didn't really have much of a say. In high school, I, all of a sudden, people, boys were being interested, right? So then I, realized that or I thought that the only thing I really had to offer was my body. And so I started down a path of some really bad relationships. I went through periods of self-harm and um, eating disorders. and I just really, I sometimes I would pray like if I could just die and be done with this. And all of this time I also, I was very good at like putting on a front. So no one knew that I was feeling these things. I was sneaky. I was lying. I was making good grades. I was excelling at sports. Like I had all of the, the outside version of Casey was immaculate rock bottom moment. You know, I was, had been drinking and partying a lot I was not in a good mental state and I was um, drugged and sexually assaulted and eventually raped and it was a wake up to um, to where I had allowed my life to lead me into a place surrounded by people who did not value me. My mom eventually after persuasion i mean i really just went to make her happy they had started to go to this new church and she invited me to go to promised land and i showed up i never left after that first service i i felt accepted where i was and i felt like god was there and i felt like the people were genuine And no matter who I was and how broken I was, I was at the altar, just broken almost every service. And people prayed for me, people loved on me, and I saw God there through them. And so I eventually got rebaptized and I um, asked God back into my life and I did not change overnight, but He has slowly worked on me. Um, And the biggest difference I think I can find is that all of the things that used to just throw me off the deep end that made me want to take my life or harm myself, or there's just so much peace in my life now. And, And he was so patient with me and I pushed him away so many times and he just waited there until I was ready. And when I was ready, he opened up his arms and pulled me in.
1: Wow, what a story. I know many of y'all know people yourself that have stories like that, or maybe you yourself are living out a story like that. I want to call you in. I want to challenge you to start being a harvester, a laborer with God, and harvesting more life transformation just like that. There's a scripture, many of you've heard it. It's in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given to you. This is what we call the Great Commission. He's sending us out to go be a laborer with Him and help other people find the transformation the power in jesus christ so you know it says in there uh, go make disciples of all nations that seems very grand and very distant where does that start i want to equip you and challenge you that that starts in your neighborhood and that starts in your dorm at texas state it starts at your office your cubicle the quad Uh, it starts at the high school football field you know Wherever you go, the translation actually reads, wherever you go, as you go, make disciples. And and that's that's what we're calling people to do, to help build this ecclesia, to help build this church. I want you to catch a vision of people that are around you that are not here today. When I say around you, I'm talking about your friends, your family members, the people that you work with, people you go to school with. They're around you, but they're not connected to Jesus. They're not in relationship with Jesus. And instead of looking at them in the place that they are right now, I want you to start seeing the vision that God has for them. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, Jesus being with a woman who was caught in adultery. And he didn't see her as an adulterer. He saw her redeemed. And he got in the dirt with her and he helped her find a new path. And, and I'm, I'm calling on you to be with me in this movement to see the people around you and and not def, not allow them to be defined by where they are right now but see them the way jesus sees them that they are a life that jesus loves and that he wants to do something amazing with what is god going to build on the rock of your faith in him you know there's people that are waking up in san marcus today that are hung over that are depressed, that are suicidal today. They're waking up in Hayes County. Uh, There's Texas State students that are, you know, considering moving back home, quitting uh, college. Um, They've suffered addiction and all kinds of things. And the heaviness that people are going through right now in our generation is so heavy and is so uh, crippling to people. And so we have the answer. You know, we have the savior of the world in Jesus Christ. So I want you to start thinking about people right here. I'm I'm up at the hill now. And I want you to start thinking about people sitting around campfires up here, watching the sunset and confessing to a porn addiction or to, you know, finding freedom from drugs or, you know, finding freedom from an extramarital affair. Uh, You know, that's what kind of things are going to be happening in the family of God, in the ecclesia of Jesus, the church that he's building right here. I want you to think about people that have just buried their loved ones and they come here for a meal and they eat home cooked food and have a hug from someone and laugh. And I see it every time that we have a service and a memorial, the beauty of people coming together and mourning together. There's nothing like it. There's a word that's, you know, in the Bible, we don't really use it anymore much. It's fellowship. And, uh, you know, those of you that grew up in church like I did, every church had a fellowship hall. It was a space where people ate together and cried together and kids played together. And uh, I think sometimes we overlook that. It's super important. And we've got to have that space here at Promised Land for people to get together and honestly socialize, be friends, be there for one another. And that's really what we wanna do here is create that space for people to, to connect and experience this life change. And so I wanna encourage you with that. There's a scripture in 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness we're not practicing the truth but if we're living in the light as god is in the light look at this then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all of that sin so i want you to just think about that for a second the fellowship of brother and sister brother to brother sister to sister all these relationships are super important as we go throughout the journey of life Because even when you become a follower of Jesus and you're saved by His amazing grace, we're still living in a really broken world. And we're still going to face so many things. we got to have each other. we got to link up with one another. So uh, another big thing we want to do here uh, on the event center that we're going to build here, and maybe we should call it the fellowship hall. (laughs) Maybe that's more biblical. We've been calling it the event center, but uh, we're going to be housing kids camps here. And I want you to think about a, a elementary kid that hears about the virgin birth of Jesus for the first time in their life. And they hear about the salvation of Jesus and them being forgiven of their sins. Transformation is going to be happening right here.
4: My story begins with my kids. Um, they're the biggest testimony that I have. Um, and. This past year, we've had a great, I would consider it a great awakening in our family. Have a Bible study with my three girls um, and my son, you know, he didn't join us or anything like that, but you know, he just started his own journey and little did I know what was gonna happen. Um, It began with uh, Pastor Emilio asking him to, inviting him to an internship and um, You know, I remember just kind of going, oh, Lord, I know he's not going to want to do this. And I thought that I was going to try to push him. But um, finally, I decided, you know what, God, I don't want to push him. I want it to be that if it's from you, that he will say yes. After praying, I was like, you know what, God, I'm not going to make him do it. I was like, as much as I want him to do this, I'm not going to make him do it if he's meant to do this, you will be the one that draws him. And I think a few days later, you know, still after praying, I went to ask him, you know, do you wanna do the internship? And he was not happy about it still, but he said yes. And um, and then he started. And at first, I didn't see any difference in him. Day after day, when I'd pick him up from BBS you know he was teaching the kids and he was heading up things and I just started something I started seeing something come on in him that I'd never seen before and uh, it was just like something clicked and he was just day after day this different person that I didn't even recognize and uh, I remember him getting some awards, and he was pretty excited about that, and I was like, wow, you know, who is this young man, and what have you done with my son, you know, and um, on the last day that I went to pick him up, uh, you know, they were talking about camp, because it was right before camp, and he asked me, or no, he told me, you know, he's talking about stuff, him and his sister, because his sister was also into, in the internship. And he said, um, you know, we're talking about camp. And I said, son, I said, if you want to go to camp, I said, you let me know. We drove down the road and not even maybe 10 minutes later, he just looks over at me and he says, I want to go to camp. And I was like, and, you know tried to play it cool on the outside. I was like, okay, we'll make it happen. And then inside it's like, literally, I was just dying, you know, and I, when I got home, I just went to my bedroom and I fell on my knees and I just praised God because I knew it was Him. Because the whole time I was like, you know what? I know camp's coming up, but I'm not gonna push Him either, you know? The Bible says that, you know, the Father, that the Father's the one that draws us to Jesus. So it's not us, it's him drawing us. And I knew that if he did it, then it was gonna be something that lasted and not something that I just made him do.
5: I didn't really know how much of a difference I had made till uh, Dory, one of our leaders, had walked up to me and had asked me, uh, or had told me uh, that he was like, do you know how much of a difference you have made we have uh, seen a complete 180 in your life, and um, so uh, I, I didn't I didn't really like grasp it at the time. At the end of VBS, I um, uh, they had a serious you know like sermon, and and then uh, we would worship God after that. And um, that was really, um, that was really big for me. I think it was very important for the kids, but I think it was also very important for me. Um, you know, I just wanted to, that's like the first time I had uh, sat there and praised God for um, what he's done in my life. <laughs> and um, so that was, a, that was a big change in my life. and. Um, I can only thank God for that. Um, it, all, it was all from one moment where something I didn't want to do impacted my life com- completely.
4: I don't even want to say really proud of him because it's not about being, it's not even about him. Like, it really is God. You know, whenever we come alive like that, it's the Lord. It has nothing to do with us. He's calling our name, and all we have to say is yes.
1: Transformation is happening right here at Promised Land Ecclesia, Jesus' church that he's building right here. And as you know, we're running out of space in this spot and we need more parking. Every time we have a service here, we have people that are packed into the parking lot and uh, we need more space in our children's area, and our nursery area. And of course we need more seats in our main worship. So what we're gonna be doing is expanding this worship center from this corner right here, up the hill, coming this way, and adding another 500 seats. So we'll be able to seat over 1,100 people. We're going to be adding parking here in the back part of our lot, and it will tie in to the new road on our new land. I want you to think about and dream right now with me about 1,000 Texas State students in our new worship center lifting up the name of jesus and worshiping and what impact that will make on this campus i want you to think about that with me all the people that they're going to bring that that came to san marcus to get an education but they're going to leave with a relationship with jesus what an impact that's going to be all across this texas state campus you know When I go to bed at night, I don't count sheep to get sleepy. Instead, you're gonna laugh at this, but I count my pickleball shots. That's right, I play pickleball several times a week. And when I'm trying to go to sleep, I don't wanna think about all the pressure of the world. I'm trying to think of something that's relaxing. So I think about what are the two or three or four best shots i made that day. And I'm telling you, by the time I get to that second or third shot, I'm out, I'm asleep. It puts me straight to sleep. I think something's going to happen just like that when you and I get to heaven. I think we're going to look back over our life and we're going to see a few times in the span of our life that we made the most impact in this world. And I'm believing that those of us that are on this rock and we've joined this movement in San Marcos, we're going to look to this moment. We're going to look back in this and say, I'm thankful that I was a part of a local church, a local ecclesia of Jesus. That's not self-centered, lazy, apathetic, dead, dry, boring, but instead one that's pushing back the darkness and bringing in the light of Jesus. So why don't you join with me and, and participate with Jesus in building his church and making his disciples.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcus, on Instagram at PSM Church or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.